my fellow movie lovers, and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Andre Hutchins, and you are listening to Episode 7 of Backseat Directors. We are your number one movie review and recommendation podcast on all of the latest Hollywood hits. But before I go uh, further into the podcast and introduce this week's guests, I would just like to um, I just like to say thanks to the two people who left reviews um, on iTunes uh, for the podcast. So thank you to Rebecca Buswell, and also uh, <laughs> it's pretty much anonymous just because I don't know who E S N I F T is. <laughs> but thank you to both of you for leaving five star review ratings on iTunes for Backseat Directors. I cannot express to you guys how important and how awesome it is for any of you to go on and to give us a five-star rating. It really helps out the podcast and it kind of puts backseat directors um, on the front page and just moves us up in the ratings. And so if any of you who are listening right now have not given us a five-star rating, please do so. But obviously, if you don't feel like the podcast is a five-star podcast, uh, just leave us a rating. I- I'd love to hear any feedback or comments or suggestions that you guys have. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, I just I want this to be a fun podcast and an enjoyable podcast for all of the listeners. So yeah, that'd be super helpful. So just go to iTunes. Uh, leave us a rating and make sure you subscribe to the podcast um, so you can subscribe either on iTunes, Google Play or Podbean and just stay up to date with the show. Um, so, again, thank you to those who have left ratings. And I, I would love for anyone else to go out there and uh, leave us some ratings on iTunes. OK, so now that uh, we have that out of the way, I am going to introduce this week's guest and making her second appearance as my co-host on the podcast is my loving and very supportive wife, Amy. Da, da, da. <laughs> Hi, Ames. Hi. Um, so, how's it going? It's pretty good. We are currently in a hotel room. Mm-hmm. I think it's a Marriott. It's a Marriott. And we are in Boise, Idaho. Yeah, what are we doing in Boise? Who even knows? What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not from checking Idaho. checking it out. <laughs> Um, it's actually surprisingly... We heard Boise was so great, we just had to come visit. It's surprisingly pleasant. <laughs> we just took a stroll downtown to get some food, and I kept saying, this is actually really cool. Like, it's new, and it's nice, and it has a cool vibe, so... Yeah, it's a nice little town, but I'm... Good job, Boise. Yeah, I'm, I'm on a business trip, and Amy wanted to get out of the house, and so she came with me. And she's going to do a little bit of business of her own while she's here, right? Correct. Yeah. And since this is Amy's second guest appearance, we will forego the get to know you questions uh, portion of the show and instead ask her two new questions. And if any of the of you listeners have not listened to episode two, um, where we review um, Beauty and the Beast, you can find Amy's answers to, her, to the guest questions there. So just go back and listen to episode two. But for now, Amy, these are the two questions that I'm going to ask you. Okay, Number one, what was the last movie that you have seen? And two, what is a movie that you are wanting to see um, or look forward to seeing? Okay. Um, okay. Last movie I have seen was, unfortunately... Unfortunately... <laughs> This was la- was this last night? Um, what day? It was it, it okay. was last night. Yeah, it was. It last was night. Ace it Ventura was for Earth Day. <laughs> Ace Ventura: When Nature Calls, and Andre already knows this. It was the dumbest movie I've ever seen. 
Ace Ventura When Nature Calls oh. is a classic. It's not a classic. It is a classic. No, it's not a classic. It's definitely <laughs> not a classic, and we need to re-examine the word of classic. Okay, actually, it's probably a classic, and it was very nostalgic. Okay. But okay. I, fortunately, or unfortunately, however you choose to look at it, was not raised on Jim Carrey. <laughs> my, I don't think my mom liked Jim Carrey. It is Carrey, very unfortunate. Or, like, just Adam Sandler, or any of that kind of, like, dumb, like, stupid humor. And so as I was watching the movie, I just kept looking at Andre and, like, oh. Well, like, I'm dying laughing. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> are we watching this? And it just was really reminiscent of um, maybe, like, nine-year-old boy humor. Like, just <laughs> ugly noises and, like, anyways. Um... So that was the last movie I watched. Um, and okay. then what was the... Remind me of the second question. Oh, yeah. So what is the what oh, is the a movie, movie that you okay. want to see next yes, or yes, yes. you're anticipating seeing? Okay. So I'm not really familiar with a lot of movies coming out, which is weird because we go to movies a lot and it seems like I would remember some previews. Um, but the one that comes to mind is Cars 3. Which is funny because I didn't even know there was a Cars 2 that came out (laughs) until I heard that Cars 3 was coming out. And then when I was talking to family about it, or maybe you, um, I heard that it was kind of a flop. To yeah, any, Cars 2. To anyone over yeah. the age of 10. I mean, 10. I, I liked it. I thought it was good. But, I mean, it was pretty forgettable compared to the first one. Right. Like, I, I think my nephews liked it. So, anyone over the age of maybe 10, I think it was a flop. <laughs> and I had never even heard about it. So, um, I'm excited for Cars 3. Um, and I don't think that... I think it was maybe visiting Disneyland a couple of times in the past year, a couple oh, of yeah. years. Oh, yeah. And visiting California Adventure and going into Cars Land. And it was this whole world oh, Radiator of... Radiator Springs. It was this world of cars that I never even knew I cared about. <laughs> it was so magical. And we kept saying, this is so amazing. This is so amazing. And every time now that we drive through, like, even St. George or Moab in yeah. Utah... Um, I'm always like, Andre, this is like Cars Land. <laughs> and it's this new magical place that I didn't even care for until I went there. And so I'm actually really excited to see Cars 3. Me too. Me too. I think it will be good. I think they're going to kind of go back to their roots of the first Cars I hope movie. So. Yeah. Sometimes you have to learn a lesson the hard way. And I think they learned it the hard way. <laughs> Just go back, to the, go back to your roots. Okay. Well, good answers. Thank you, Amy. And I'm very excited to have you back on the podcast. Well, thank you. And to be reviewing this week's movie. And this week's movie... Backseat Directors presents this week's movie. Is the Mark Webb directed movie Gifted? Movie Details. After his sister passes away, Frank Adler becomes the sole caretaker of his niece and sister's only child, Mary. As Mary prepares to enter the first grade, it becomes apparent that she has been blessed with an incredible gift. A custody battle between Frank and Mary's grandmother ensues, which will determine the course of Mary's whole life. Gifted was released into theaters on April 14th, 2017. It has a running time of 1 hour and 41 minutes, and it's rated PG-13 for thematic elements, language, and some suggested material. I'm not really sure what it means by thematic elements. Um, I, I, perhaps it's just you know some some topics that are 
maybe difficult for kids to understand. And the language is very, it's very minor. Um, I actually think Mary swears more than any other person in the film, but I, I definitely think this movie is appropriate for any kids ages, I don't know, eight, eight to 13. Um, uh, so the movie, uh, gifted stars, Chris Evans as Frank Adler, Lindsay Duncan as Evelyn, Jenny Slate as Bonnie and McKenna Grace as Mary Adler. Everyone should be able to recognize Chris Evans from his role as Captain America in the Marvel movies. And McKenna Grace made her big screen debut last year, 2016, in the movie Mr. Church, which stars Eddie Murphy. And for any of our listeners who are fans of Parks and Rec, you'll definitely be able to recognize Jenny Slate, too, uh, as she was Mona Lisa on Parks and Rec. Um, Gifted was directed by Mark Webb, and Webb was also the director of 500 Days of Summer, and the two most recent Spider-Man movies uh, from 2012 and 2014. And I definitely like these uh, Spider-Man movies directed by Mark Webb, uh, Mark Webb much more than the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Uh, Gifted had a, a budget of around $7 million, and its opening weekend sales were only $446,000. It's definitely small, but um, since then... Uh, the um, And to date, the film has pulled in $6.2 million, and I fully expect this film to surpass its production budget. You know, these films are not meant to be world beaters, and sometimes money isn't the sole reason films are made. Sometimes there's just a good story to tell. Okay, and now for our movie review. Backseat Directors, movie review. All right, Amy, first question. What was your initial reaction after seeing Gifted? Okay. I, it was just a really, like a really heartwarming, it just plucks at your heartstrings. And we, I really liked it. I'm not going to speak for you, but I remember looking at you and being, just saying, that was so good. Mm -hmm. Like, that was so sweet. And I think it maybe, it was definitely more appealing than I think I don't know, then I think I even anticipated it being. Like, it was just, it was a very good, feely movie, and it just, it was all about, you know, human relationships and emotions and, you know, our desire to love and be loved. And it was just, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. That was yeah. my initial reaction. Yeah, so that, and that's the most recent movie that you and I have gone to see in the theater. And it was, it was a nice change of pace for some of the more other recent movies that we've seen. <laughs> you know, it wasn't it wasn't action, it wasn't, wasn't Power sci-fi. Rangers. It wasn't <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't yeah, it wasn't a superhero movie. It was just, you know, it it was a down to earth quality story. Just a real story. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. my my initial reaction and just kind of my first impression after walking out of the theater was that I liked it. I liked it. It was a very moving and beautiful story, and I thought it was very true to life. Obviously, you know, situations like gifted are probably very uncommon already. I mean, I, I don't know what the statistics are for how many genius children there are in the U.S., but I would imagine if, like, if this had happened to someone, I, I mean, just that that this is this is a very likely story that could have happened to anyone, really. Right. And so it just, I, I mean, I I thought it played, I thought it played out very naturally, as if it was real life. 
So that and that was my first my first impression, just kind of my first thoughts after seeing the movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's do. Uh, what were your critiques and the, what you did not like about the movie? Okay. So I had a couple of things. Um, the first being that, and I don't want to give anything away. So if you can sense that I'm about to say something, just cover my mouth. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Because I don't really even know what a spoiler. I'll just yell spoiler, what, spoiler. What is, wait, what does a spoiler just, even mean? So it, it would just be any any part of the movie and the story that reveals kind of climatic events. Okay, but it's not really like there's any gotcha moments in this movie. Well, no, no. I'm, I mean, okay. you know, there's the custody battle between. <gasps> no, no, no. That that's spoiler, okay. Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean that that's the whole premise of the movie, and I mean if you. Anything revealed in a trailer, I would say that those aren't spoilers. Okay. And so if you watch the trailer, you know that there's a custody battle. Okay. So, yeah. So don't give I, away what happens after the custody now. battle. I understand now. Okay. So my critiques. The first being that I don't really – I I loved um, – remind me the actor who played the uncle – Oh, Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. So I I loved him in his role, but I didn't really understand him. There wasn't a lot of backstory about him. And um, later on in the movie, you kind of learn some things about him. And it's he, – he has this, like, self – uh, like sacrificial role when it yes. comes to his niece yes. that I didn't even think he needed to do. Like I don't, I don't understand why. Because and even in the previews, so this isn't a spoiler, but he kind of seems like a deadbeat. Like, don't you think he's a downer? Yeah, but I, I didn't understand why. I oh, didn't, you mean like his job? Like, like, well, yeah, his job, the town okay. he lives in, the I don't know, just yeah, and and his overall somberness toward life. I I I wasn't sure if that was just his personality or I couldn't quite figure him out. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really understand why he was doing what he was doing because as you learn later on in the movie that was not his upbringing. Right. And it was actually quite the opposite. Yes. So, but I didn't understand why that even needed to happen. Um because in the preview the judge is asking him, "Do you have insurance?" I understand you've been arrested in the last year or something like that. And that's not a spoiler because that is in the preview. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but things like that where he gave – like he didn't need to not have insurance. Things like that right. that he, he was living like beneath his privileges, I guess. Yes. And I didn't, I didn't understand the necessity for that. Um, so I think just his role, Chris Evans, um, I didn't quite understand. I still liked him, and I loved his relationship with his niece. I thought it was very just endearing and very charming, but that was my first critique. The second was that I just couldn't get used <laughs> <laughs> to Mona Lisa. I don't even Jenny know. Jenny Slate. Jenny Slate. Jenny Slate, yeah. So she unfortunately... <laughs> Played one of the most obnoxious roles in TV history. Very true. <laughs> and it would be, it's akin to Steve Urkel playing a love interest in a film and in a serious film. And every once in a while, her Urkel would come out. And, <laughs> and I just couldn't take her seriously. Like her, she would laugh and I would automatically think Mona Lisa, Mona Lisa. From what show? Tell them what show. From Parks and Recreation. Yeah. Yep. 
Parks and Rec. So I just and I did not like her in Parks and Rec. She's so obnoxious. She, she overly obnoxious. And she's yeah. yeah, she's obnoxious on purpose. So that's just unfortunate for her because I will forever more think of her as Mona Lisa. And I couldn't take her seriously. I just kept saying in my head, please bless they don't end up together. Please bless they don't end up together. <laughs> because I couldn't take her seriously. And even towards the end, like I as I was thinking of critiques, I kind of even forgot about her. Like, she was so. It's kind know. of a forgettable character. Yeah, like I don't know. She, hmm. I didn't. I don't know. But yeah, I didn't appreciate that at all. And I think that's just my own personal opinion preference. <laughs> that's that okay. I don't want to Mona Lisa. Well, that's in, what this section is for. Yeah. So, if you haven't seen Parks and Rec, you probably wouldn't care. <laughs> so, what she plays, she plays the sister of Jean Ralphio, who is. Equally obnoxious in Parks and Rec. Yes. And so she does She does a very good role in Parks and Rec of being obnoxious. Oh, it's and yeah, the worst. I agree. Like, when you see her on screen, and if Parks and Rec is the only thing you've ever seen Jenny Slate in, I mean, it's hard to separate her character's Mona Lisa from Wait, the TV show. Wait, do you show. think she's annoying? In, in Parks and Rec? Yes. Oh, yeah. But I think she's meant wait, to be. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Yeah. So if you think she's annoying, okay. how do you not think Ace Ventura is annoying? No! Oh my gosh! <laughs> really, though? They're okay. the same person. No, I yes. know. Yes, you can't well, differentiate them, but they are the same person. They do I can the see same that. obnoxious voices. Yeah, I could see her doing, I could see her doing like a comedy, like akin to Parks and Rec or whatever like that. She? Maybe. Maybe that's her personality. I don't oh, know. Geez. I don't know. Okay. But, well, Chris Evans and Jenny Slate were maybe they still are they were dating which is in real life which is jarring (laughs) that is one of the most confusing relationship (laughs) dynamics i do not understand it just goes to show that there's what we presume um actors are on you know just from what we see on screen they're just probably very different people (laughs) yeah they're all weirdos Okay, are those your critiques and yes, the others? Those are my those are my two. Okay, so I really only have one and it and it's with Chris Evans as well. And it and it it has to do with kind of the same stuff that you were already saying, and that with his character, I think there are just there are big plot holes. Um, first of all, because very very early on in the movie you learn that one, you know, he's not the dad, that he's um, Mary's uncle. But that you also learn that he's been raising her since she was a year old. Right. So the only parent figure that she's ever had in her life, other than their neighbor, um, who's played by Octavia Spencer, um, he he's like, he's her dad. But he doesn't treat but her he, like a he, daughter. No. And she doesn't treat him like a dad. No. And so she's at a very young, tender age. I think she's only six, maybe seven, because she's in the first grade. I think she's six. And, and to think that he, yeah, he just, he does not show a fatherly affection for her. And I feel like that that's, that at least maybe I'm just speaking personally. I feel like if I was in that situation, I would view her as my daughter and treat her as my daughter, even though I would, yeah, I would probably eventually tell her like, you are not my daughter. I'm just your uncle. But it's just he does not have yeah he just doesn't have a fatherly affection for her he loves her there's no doubt that he loves her he is 100% like responsible 
and and like wants her the best for her, but like he he doesn't. He just seems like he's depressed. Yeah, but, in the very but he beginning. explains that. And he, and he does. He and explains he does. why he because I think in his head he always thought it was temporary. Yeah. He explains that. Yeah. And I think that's just personality. Like I, I don't yeah. think I think that's your personality. And Perhaps. I think that's his personality, which is evident in all of his other actions. Yeah. Maybe. I, I mean, it, it just I I I wish that he had taken on more of a fatherly role instead of an uncle. So even though he has been raising her since she was a year old, he was raising her as 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 an uncle, not really a father. So now I was kind of I was kind of bothered by that. I thought I it felt like a plot hole. It felt like it it took away from his character and it uh, diminished how but much I don't know if I did. Really? Because I think what he kept saying in the movie is he would reference her mom. It's what your mom would have wanted. Right. It's what her mom would have wanted. It's what he was trying to act as the mom would have wanted, but I, he didn't he didn't try to be the mom. Yeah. He I don't he acted in her place as proxy, I guess, but I don't I think he he fully made what's her name? Mary. Mary mm-hmm. aware that she had a mom and he didn't he didn't really shy away from talking about right. her. Right. So I think, and yeah, I mean, he 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 continually says, "I'm trying to raise you the way your mom wanted you to be raised." Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I don't. Okay. I don't know. That's really my only critique. Like, I really enjoyed this movie, and I thought it was very well done. Very well done. Um, but it's not like he's not overly like, like affectionate. But he is affectionate. But he so and this was he holds her. He he hugs yeah, her. Like yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I see. He what you're treats saying, he though. treats her he treats her like an adult. He doesn't treat her like a kid. Right. He gives her a lot of freedom. I feel like. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Um. All right. So, what were your highlights? Highlights. Okay. I I just love seeing their relationship. I love seeing just as you were saying just two seconds ago that he treated her like an adult, and I love seeing their interaction and um their conversations and the way he made her think about things and gave her freedom to think about things and didn't force any ideas on her. One of my favorite conversations they had, which you and I have talked about a few times, was when um, they're talking about religion and God and Jesus. And he never he never puts his own... Um, he never tells her, like, this is the way it should be. He said, like, he just says, that's your right. And he explains what faith is. And um, I just really like that conversation. And I think, and maybe that just rang true for me because I, I'm always telling Andre, like, nobody, nobody can tell you what you should think. And mm-hmm. the most you can say is just like, maybe, yeah, maybe that's right. Maybe you're right. Maybe that yeah. person over there is right when it comes to religion or God or whatever, but everyone has their own faith and what they think. And that's 100% your, your right. And so I think that I just liked that. I thought that was so cool. Um, and I just, I liked his relationship and how he did treat her like she was a human with a mind, like an adult with a mind. And I thought that was really refreshing to see that in a adult child relationship. So that was the highlight. I love seeing that. But, I mean, the whole, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of really good parts. I love that, and I still think about that. Well, I think for both of us, I think that was both of our favorite, 
our favorite scene yes. in the movie. Yeah, that was it was a very it, it was it was a an incredibly simple scene. It was just one shot. Um, you couldn't even really see the actors just because it was kind of like a shadow of them. Um, but yeah, no, that was a beautiful scene. I loved it. So my highlight, um, my 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 biggest highlight of the movie is McKenna Grace. So McKenna Grace is the actress that plays Mary. She was she adorable. Was incredible. I I am. Anytime there is a movie with a, a child actor that that just plays the part so well, I am I am so impressed by children actors that do well. Obviously, there's lots of movies with children actors who you know just aren't are the best actors, but they're kids. You can't really fault them for that. But when you have a six or seven year old who is the top performer on the screen. I just I am blown away, and she for me was the top performer. She was so good. She was so good because she was so believable. I I, I like I I'll definitely look out for her in upcoming movies or any other you know future appearances she might have in movies right. just because she was so good. Right. It's like it's like when you think back on you know the '90s movies with Macaulay Culkin when he was a Dakota kid. Dakota Fanning. Yes, like kids where. You know, maybe their their acting career went downhill after they stopped being a kid and they grew I up. So they're like their their high their their biggest moments in their career were when they were a kid. Hopefully, this is not the case for McKenna Grace, but um, yeah, she she was on par with all of those children I, actors. Yeah. She was so good. She was adorable. Yes, she was so good. So that was my number one highlight, and my my number two highlight was just that. It was just a beautiful story. It was just it was a it was a beautiful story. It was well told. I thought the director did a great job of developing all the different characters throughout the movie. Um, even even uh, even the lawyer. Um, so the lawyer that represents Chris Evans in court. You know during the custody battle. I it, this all these characters who play small roles. I thought they all did just such a great job, and and I think just a lot of kudos goes to the director. But it was just it was a well told story, and I'm really glad we went to go see it. Yeah, like, it was just really good. Yeah. Okay. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Are you asking me? To so not recommendation. No, nope, oh, just final shoot. thoughts. Final. Any anything else you want to say about the movie? No, I no? no. I think I yeah. I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was really charming, and yeah. Okay. Really beautiful. I loved it. Okay, let's do our backseat director's movie recommendation. Our recommendation. Okay, Ames. Let's hear what? yours. Mine? Yes. Okay, mine? Mine is a go see it. Absolutely go see it. Uh, 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 this movie This movie is not going to, you know, it, it's not going to bring in a billion dollars like Beauty and the Beast has or Star Wars. Like, these these types of movies are not, they're, they're just, they're not meant to be big money drawers. But they're meant to tell just an incredible story, and I thought, I thought that's what it did, and it succeeded. And I absolutely think that people should go see it in the theater. It's absolutely worth the price of a ticket. Yes, go see it. Okay, I think you should definitely see it in your lifetime. Oh, <laughs> I think, I think for me, go see it means go see it in the theater, maybe two or three times, like. I was obsessed with it. I loved it. This is going to win awards. Like, this was so moving. I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. I think Go See It should be, it's just was so over the top. I was obsessed. I really like this movie. I genuinely like this movie. 
I think you should see it, but if you waited until after it came out and you red boxed it or however you rented it on iTunes, yeah. however you choose to get your movies, I think you'd be okay. I think you should definitely watch it. I thought it was so I thought it was so cute. It was so charming. Um but should you like run to the theater? I don't think you need to. <laughs> That's but a curveball. I was not expecting that. I just think Andre, I am very easily entertained, and so is Andre, and I think he is very enthusiastic. So I, if you went to see it in the theaters, you would not be sad. You wouldn't be disappointed. It's a really good movie. But I think that if you didn't go see it in the theaters and you waited until you were at home in your pajamas, you wouldn't be sad. Like, you would enjoy it. So, so um, I gave my first maybe wait recommendation. Uh, to last week's podcast uh-huh. or uh, yeah episode with um, Power Rangers yeah and so when I compare how much I enjoyed that movie to this movie like yeah like I, I would have still ended up watching Power Rangers if you know I didn't see any theaters I would still rent it or I'd be on a business trip and turn on the TV and Power Rangers is on and I'd still watch it right but but maybe there's some rating inflation going yeah, on here. Yeah, perhaps maybe, perhaps. maybe there should be a tier, either a tier above that's like go see it in the theaters t- three times. <laughs> or maybe there should be a tier like somewhere in yeah. the middle. Yeah, I know. I've thought about that. And, you know, I mean, when I was you know kind of coming up with these ratings and how I want to do it, I I just wanted just to make it simple. Make it simple, right? Yeah. Is it worth seeing in the theaters? Like, would you enjoy it if you go and see it? Yeah. Yeah. But no, that's a curveball. I, I didn't expect you to say that. No, that's good. I really liked it. That's Nothing good. that doesn't negate how much I liked it. But this means you would have loved it just as much had you waited till it came on record. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It no, wasn't a, it wasn't a movie that I feel like needed to be seen on a big screen. It yeah. just it was good. And it will be good on your home TV as well. <laughs> Very fair. Maybe better because you can just Cry if you want to cry in the privacy of your home or just feel all of the emotions that the, the movie will invoke. Well, Amy, thank you so much. This has been a podcast. So, Ames, I know you've already uh, on um, episode two. Yes. Um, told people how they can get a hold of you if they want to reach out to you. But just remind our listeners if they want to follow you on social media or send you a note about the movie Gifted or anything like that, how can they sure, get a hold of you? Sure, yeah. Um, Cafe Binge on Instagram is just a great um, a great place to find me. So, yeah, Cafe Binge on Instagram. Okay. Come thank, check it out. Thank you so much. And thank you to all of you listeners who have listened to this episode. We really hope you guys have enjoyed it. We really hope you guys make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. And, uh, make, yeah, make sure to follow us on social media. So go and follow Amy on Cafe Binge and follow us at The BD Podcast. And that is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun to be uh, co-host a second time. Well, I'm, I'm glad we could do this in our hotel room in wonderful Boise, Idaho. Okay, everyone, thanks again, and we'll see you next week at the movies. The Backseat Director's theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley. You can find the album Ozo Motley Presents Ozo Kids and all of their other music on iTunes. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The BD Podcast.
types of movies we can all choose from. There's action, adventure, animation, and comedy. There's sci-fi and westerns and classics, documentaries. Uh, so many options, so much variety. There's a perfect movie for you.